Hey, y'all. I had to do a little shifting right before the call. So I'm sorry that I'm late today. I sat down in my studio, my office, and realized that we had some guys working on drainage in our backyard and they were literally like hitting bricks right outside the window. <laughs> so I had to move over. So I hope this is all coming across okay. I really wanted to <clears throat> enter in some banners and other things. We're just going to take it simple today. And uh, my apologies if that light is, I'm going to try to keep my head in front of it so you don't see it in the mirror behind me. Anyway, welcome. Welcome to 2022. Welcome to the Janae Franco show. I am super, super, super excited to be here. Uh, it's been a wonderful month that I really uh, didn't necessarily plan on taking. It sort of just happened a week at a time. It started with some illnesses in the house. Again, I lost my voice. Um, then we did some travel over Christmas and I just felt the Lord calling me into a season of remembering. And I was reading a book, I'm still in the middle of it, of called The Gap in the Gain by Dr. Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan. And for this high achiever, um, it was really, it's been really, really influential because I've noticed certain patterns in myself. And one of them is that I don't do a really good job of looking back and seeing how far I've come. And I don't know if that resonates with you as well. Um, so yeah, I, I really took some time to enter into that place to remember what the Lord did in 2021, like entered into kind of each month made a um, agreement with myself or decision to say every month, I would like to look back on each month individually. So I don't have to remember the whole year so I can have just more evidence of the way that the Lord has moved in my life. Because I know that when I see, when I look back and I see what he's done, it's so much easier for me to move forward with confidence and with trust, knowing like, wait a second, because <laughs> my short-term memory, it's sometimes it's like, oh, I've been abandoned or whatever. These, these neuropathways are well-worn. And then it's like, wait, no, actually I haven't. And there's a ton of evidence to the contrary. So that's kind of what it's been for me. And so without further ado, so I'm going to start out a little bit with word of the year. It's something that I've been doing for about, I think, four years. I have four, I think I have four, this is my fourth year doing it. And yeah, 19 was my first year, 2021, 22. So my, my word of the year for 19 was, I think it was bloom or blossom. I can't remember which one. And at that time, that was exactly what I needed. I, I needed hope. I needed to feel like eventually I was going to come across, come above the surface of the dark ground that I felt buried in. And in the following year, the Lord knows that I... <clears throat> I needed to feel and know that I was chosen for a particular mission for a particular time um, that he chose me because I had dealt with so many lies at that point that I had not been chosen, that I was always not, I was always going to be on the outside. I was always going to be not chosen. And he wanted to speak to me how he chose me and it didn't really matter what anybody else said. And so that I, what I love about the word of the year is it does seem to, they really do seem to lead into one another and just reveal a journey of what the Lord is doing in our lives. And so last year, my word of the year, I've talked about it a little bit. I tried to find the show notes, but then I realized that was the podcast that I went off script. So I don't have any, any show notes for that. I'd have to get the transcript, but uh, it was about false foundations and true freedom is the name of the podcast. I think it was episode seven, if you wanted to go listen to it. But my word of 2021 was Cephas. Now I like to say Cephas, maybe it's Cephas. I just like Cephas because it sounds more intense. Hey, Laura. Um, so... The beginning of the year, uh, I don't know if you're a fan of Chos the Chosen series. I am a huge fan. I have loved it from the first time I started watching it. Now, the first episode took a little, I was a little confused, but uh, after that, 
I loved KFest because I, I was really drawn to St. Peter because I saw, I saw myself in him a little bit, um, a little abrasive, a little bold, a little uh, making lots of mistakes, sometimes making people mad, um, sometimes saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing. And, but I loved how he came to life on the screen in The Chosen. And so I, I think it was almost a continuation of that word chosen because I really entered into that series and entered into what it would have been like and what it is like now to be chosen as Christians, as Catholics, as disciples um, of Christ in, in his, you know, we are his lights to the world in our answering of our call to his, to our yes. Right. And so <clears throat> I just really loved everything about him. Like it almost was just the start of giving myself permission to be able to make mistakes and come back knowing that like, Jesus, I mean, Peter denied Jesus at his, one of his hardest moments. And yet Peter was welcomed back into the fold and became the leader of the church. Like God saw in Peter what he could be, not just what he was, um, but also what he is, you know, the reality of, you know, God is reality. We, we, he doesn't see us for who we are in the future or who we want to be or any of our ideals. He sees us for who we are and all of our brokenness and all of our, um, all the places that we want to be better. Like I was reading this in uh, Interior Freedom by Father Jacques Philippe last night. I don't have the quote in front of me, but it was just really impactful to me. It's like, wait a second. He is the God of reality. Like in this moment, he doesn't love who I'm going to be. But he loves who I am now. And so that was something, the first part of the year, the focus was a lot on St. Peter as Cephas, as the rock on which God built his church. And then the second half of the year, it sort of shifted as God called me to, to pivot, to change direction from where I thought I was going to a different direction. And it was more about building a firm foundation. It was, he, he really led me to see how there are so many places in my life that were not built on the firm foundation of him. And, and what I'll talk a little bit more later about what really started that. So that was how the last half of the year really shaped out was seeing the rock, how God is my rock how my life on him is the rock. Um, it's not about anything else, anything else actually at all. It's about his love for me and my love for him. And so it was just beautiful how, how that word really shaped out in so many different ways throughout the year. And as I got to the, to the end of the year, I was kind of thinking about it, praying about it, spending some time, um, and it just kind of quietly and quickly came to me that my word for 2022 is go, go like very simple. Um, I can have a tendency to get lost in perfectionism, in high expectations that I have for myself, in, in my intellection, like really entering into that strength and like thinking about things from every different angle. But one of the things that my mentor, Lisa Canning, taught me early on in this journey of entrepreneurship as it began is action brings clarity. And I think for me, um, that's been a game changer because I was often stuck in indecision, um, stuck, just felt stuck in general. I like couldn't make decisions, couldn't really move forward because I wanted to make sure it was the right move. And so I love that word go because... I really had a lot of mind drama about it. I brought it to the journal and I was like, wait, go means like 
all this energy, you never stop, you never rest, but it's like, is it really? And so, you know, I've been entering in a little bit to what it looks like in scripture when Jesus asks people to go or what it looks like for Jesus to go in his ministry. And so I'm looking forward to seeing how that word unfolds this year as I go about building my business in a new way uh, with my training certification now complete, not certification, but um, being a professionally trained Catholic mindset coach and seeing how that takes shape this year and anything else, even in my life, like intentionally moving in the direction that God wants me, wants my family, uh, wants my kids, uh, all of it to go. And so you'll be, you'll be hearing updates as we go throughout the year. And as a promised, I mentioned that I wanted to share a little bit about the mistakes that I made this year, some of the mistakes, some of the lessons that I have learned. So without further ado, the first thing, this is not in any particular order, but just as I was reflecting on things, the first thing is that pivoting can be an adventure. I don't particularly like to pivot. Um, generally speaking, I'm getting a lot better at it, but it's not something that comes or that came really naturally to me. And one of the reasons, um, well, first of all, so it first kind of came up because as most of you know, I lost, I launched my women's school groups last spring and <clears throat> I kind of like lost some vigor and lost some motivation. And I kind of entered into like, why, why is that? And I had kind of made some plans of my own, uh, of moving forward in a particular way. And I had all of these plans lined up and then I felt the Lord sort of shifting me into more of a quiet place. And at the time I wasn't really sure why. Um, and so the idea of pivoting actually became more of a failure for me that if I pivoted, I failed. <clears throat> and so I had to do some, some thought work around this and some coaching as far as what was I making pivoting mean about me. And so sure enough, he, he really called me into the quiet in the summer. I did take some time to build some things and work on some things, but it wasn't what I thought I was going to be doing. And a lot of it wound up actually being more of a healing journey, I guess you could say, of really entering into that intimacy with the Lord, of letting him change a lot of these well-worn thought pathways that I had established, of really just taking that space, taking that time to discover who I was becoming in this process and just really appreciating how far I had come. And really it required a lot of trust for me to trust that God's plan was better than my own. Um, but it really does take a lot of openness and openness can take a lot of energy. And, and as you also know, renovations for our house started in April, May, and it was a lot more draining energy wise than I anticipated. It was beautiful. We're so grateful that we were able to have it done. It went so much better than it would have even a year before that I was in such a better mental place to handle it. But there was so much pivoting, so many people in and out of my house. You just never knew when they were going to show up um, necessarily. I mean, our contractor did an amazing job staying in touch with us and letting us know. But it was like you would find out that morning or the night before who's coming, who's not coming. When do I need to be there to open the door or whatever? And I just realized very quickly how draining that was and that I could not actually take on all the things that I wanted to take on. And that was OK. And I was going to be OK with that. And during that time, really, the Lord also took the time to renovate my heart as well. And really, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more 
about that specifically in another couple of lessons. But so that's the first lesson lesson is that pivoting my, my mindset coach really helped me to come around to instead of pivoting that failure. One of the thoughts that I could believe at the time was, um, okay, pivoting can actually be an adventure because I like fun. I like adventure. I like to be, I don't know. I just, I like that stuff. So it worked for me where it was like, no, pivoting can be an adventure, you know? At first it was like, okay, I need to accept that pivoting is going to happen. That is the reality. I have children. You never know when one of them is going to get sick or things are going to change or shift. And so that was a really big lesson for me this year. And that really leads me to my second point, which is you must define the terms. So define the terms is a little bit of coach speak, but I couldn't really think of a better way to describe it in the sense that what it, what does failure mean to me when I think the word failure, like take that to the journal and like write down all my thoughts about it, the feeling that happens. Like if I have that feeling, what is it, you know, what am I thinking? Being able to make that connection between like failure itself, that word is neutral, but I'm obviously making it mean something about myself. And so really diving into that, I realized that failure for me meant that I disappointed someone generally had to do with someone else uh, outside of me. However, I've also learned that I don't like to disappoint myself because I have really high expectations. So defining the terms is super, super important. Another word that was really heavy for me is responsible. I, for various reasons, like I really don't like the word responsible. It means a lot of negative things. And so you have to figure out what it is that these words mean, what you're making them mean for you. And then if you're thinking of those things, like I need to be responsible and you need and responsible are both really heavy words and they indicate these other things, like then we have to find another way to get out of that thought process, to find another, another path, I guess you could say. So the third thing is I cannot fix myself. Now that seems obvious, but do we really know that? Do we really know that we can white knuckle our way through anything? We can make all the changes in our actions. We can decide whatever we want. But the reality is we cannot fix ourselves. And the first time it really started coming through was a couple of months after starting to do the Metanoia Journal and some discussions with my own you know, mindset coach and realizing that ungodly self-reliance is actually like a thing and it's a big thing for me. So I started to see through this journaling where it was showing up. And a lot of times it was, it was related to this abandonment, this feeling of abandonment that I had. And so I had decided, you know, kind of at a young age, like I, I need to just do all these things myself. And that leads to self-reliance which is actually the opposite of what we need to do, which is to be reliant on the Lord. And this doesn't mean that you don't take action. That's not what I'm saying, but it's really important to recognize this problem in our lives and be able to ask for the grace and to consent to receive that grace, to allow the spirit into our hearts, to change us and to make us less self-reliant. And that's why I love, love, love the release section of the journal releasing, renouncing, repenting of saying like, okay, I recognize that when I think, you know, I need to be responsible, I'm going to this place of, I need to do it myself, you know, and then when I think that I need to do it myself, then I basically cut God out because I, I, obviously you have to be the hands and feet, but you're not alone. God is with you always. The spirit of the Lord dwells within you. And 
that was actually one of the thoughts that I came to that really was helping to motivate me out of this place of self-reliance was the spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives within me. Therefore, I am never alone. And that gave me a lot of peace to think, actually, if I, if I ask for the grace to remember him, like he's there, he'll come to me and he'll help me in this moment. Even though I have to be the hands and feet and I have to do the action, he can give me the grace of charity, of wisdom, of faith, of trust in him. And that is how I'm going to start making those changes every day to my attitude and to my mood and to be the person that I want to be. So ultimately, we have to acknowledge this, that we are not in control. We cannot change ourselves. We cannot fix ourselves over, especially overnight. I mean, God's grace is going to be the deciding factor and he's going to decide what stays with you and what doesn't stay with you. And all of it is for our good. It's for our sanctity and striving is just never the answer. So yeah, so that's the third one. I cannot fix myself. So the fourth one is understanding my strengths gave me permission to be who God created me to be. That was huge, y'all. I mean, I know not everybody is the same. But, and I had taken, I had actually taken the Clifton Strengths Test the previous summer, but I didn't really have anyone to walk me through it and understand what it meant. And I also didn't know myself as well as I did even, you know, a year later. So <clears throat> being me, I retook the test in the, the next last summer because I thought, well, you know, I've actually processed a lot of things already. I've really discovered a lot more of who I actually am and not who I'm pretending to be in order to maybe be liked or whatever that is. And so <clears throat> I took the test and I started doing some strengths coaching with my beautiful friend, Michelle Dunn. I really do invite you guys to check out the podcast episode we recorded uh, last fall. It's I think it's season, not season, it's episode 10. I, I hope to have her on again because it's, it's just so much fun discussing strengths with her. Because really when I started strengths, I did a little bit of a strengths coaching with her and it just broke open so much of these places where I didn't feel like I had permission to be who God had created me to be for whatever reason, whether it was the opinions of other people or my own high expectations of myself or whatever I believed it meant to be a good blank, good Catholic, good mom, good Catholic mom, good Catholic stay at home mom. I don't know, like whatever it meant, I had all of these arbitrary rules as they call in the, in the Academy, Metanoia Catholic Academy, I had manuals for myself. I've got a lot of them um, working on building through those. But ultimately, <clears throat> this strengths coaching really, really supercharged my growth. It, yeah, it just gave me permission, honestly. Like, I don't know. Tell me, you know, in the comments if that resonates with you, if you would also like permission to be yourself. If there's somewhere where you feel like you do not have permission to be yourself, whether it's because you think it's bad or wrong, or you've been um, like, for instance, okay, the, the, there's a strength of competition. I don't think it's pretty, it's not in my top even 16. I don't know where it is for me, but it's all about being the best. It's about being number one. And it's actually a very, um, very obvious and very intense and very, uh, and it can be a very like, yeah, it's just a very intense strength. And so what's interesting is if you don't believe that that's good, then you might actually like squash it down or you might overuse it and everyone thinks you're a jerk. And well, probably that's not y'all listening, but either way. 
So there's a lot of things. And I remember for me, when I first took the test, my, my number one stayed the same and it's learner. And I remember thinking to myself, wait a second, that's a strength. Like I'm not weird for wanting to read books all the time and take in all the information. Now, learner, as I've come to know, is more about acquiring skills, which I love to do. It's also one of the reasons why I love to learn skill after skill after skill after skill. And for a long time, it wasn't super focused. So I've done like all sorts of random things like learning guitar and learning how to decorate cakes. And um, But I just really, really love the skill of learning something. Uh, I'm a big DIYer around the house. I love to learn videos, watch videos, and then learn, like fix something or do something. Uh, but at first, I didn't know it was a strength. And uh, with the permission that I felt when I read that, I was like, okay, I can just be who God created me to be. And that's actually not a bad thing. So, you know, just throwing that out there, if you have some things about you that you think you don't love, they're probably related to your strength. Maybe that you're overusing it or maybe um, you're just not aware of it. So anyway, I just want to throw that out there as number four. I, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned was just understanding the strengths has just given me such permission. And that leads me to number five, which is that understanding my strengths was actually the key to more energy for me. So as a mom, now actually forever, I've always loved to sleep. You know, I joke with my husband that my that's and my mom that sleep is my love language. I definitely still do love to sleep. However, and I, I could also take naps very easily. But what I have found is that the more I understand my strengths, when I look at my strengths, none of them actually indicate that I, I would have low energy. It doesn't mean that there's not some other things at play and I could feel more tired, but for various reasons. But in general, it's kind of like I've believed this lie for a really long time that, oh, I'm just low energy. I'm just, I'm just tired. You know, I just have to take naps all the time. I have to sleep in all of these things. Like I'm beginning to see more and more how they are excuses. Now it doesn't mean you can't love to sleep and take a good nap and sleep in every once in a while or whatever. However, I have noticed that when I'm living in my strengths, when I'm using those things that are in my top 15, 16 strengths, like I have unlimited energy almost like I am just so energized. Now, the key for me is going to be learning how to balance those things and obviously understanding there's going to be days when I'm not as energized and learning how to use them within my family as well as within my business. And there's a lot to be learned. I think I'll always be learning, which is I love it for my top learner input in election, right? So um, that is, you know, when you look at the, I'm not going to go into too much detail, but when you look at the domains, even, and not just the individual strengths, there's four domains. And one of my very, very strong domains is, is an influencing domain. And that is actually really high energy. And so most people, you know, that are higher energy are probably pretty high in that domain. And if that's you and, like maybe you recognize that in yourself. And so I've learned to really tap into that in order to increase my energy at home. And so number six is that I was hiding and that wasn't helping anyone. And what I mean by that is even at the beginning of the year, I don't know if any of you saw my post yesterday, that was actually from March. No, I think it was early February of 2021. And I was still hiding, but I don't, I didn't know that I was hiding as much until I really began to dig into, you know, my temperament and my strengths. 
and begin to see like, wait a second, I'm really not being true to who I am. I'm trying to be whoever I think would be likable, whoever I think would be accepted. Um, you know, I've been told from a young age that I'm, you know, a lot or I'm too much or, you know, it was classic overuse of, of a lot of those really, you know, <laughs> intense influencing themes as a kid. And so I think really that in a combination of factors, I've just really hidden who I am and who God created me to be from the world. Part of that was this belief in, you know, I don't know if it's a defined belief in the Catholic world of like, I guess I had this image in my mind that once I got married, there was never necessarily a career that I felt super drawn to. And I loved working with kids. So I taught preschool. I worked at like a little gym and just worked with young kids until we started having kids of our own. And I just believed like to be a good Catholic mom um, for me personally, because like there wasn't a reason I, I didn't necessarily have something in mind that I needed to stay home with my kids. And I think I've, I've even talked to some of my working mom friends that also feel some guilt for working and instead of, you know, staying at home with their kids full time, even working from home or whatever that looks like. But honestly, like none of us have the same journey. None of us are called to the same thing. And so it's silly for me to say that I should be home and someone else should be at work. Or if you're working, like if you don't want to be working and you want to be home, like there's, there's a place for all of us and there's seasons even, you know, there's, I think it's really important that we have discernment in this area. Um, and some of us are in situations that maybe because our circumstances are as such, we're working, but the reality is like, God has a plan for each one of our lives. And if he wanted a different plan then our circumstances in a sense would be different. And our circumstances are ultimately for our own good, for our own sanctity. And so for me, by hiding, by being at home with my kids and not having a career, a business, uh, um, an outlet for this, this high energy, high motivation um, strength of mine, honestly caused the opposite reaction. It, it caused me to have less energy because I was kind of depressed. I was, I felt so guilty for even wanting more than motherhood because I had wanted motherhood my whole life. I had wanted to be a wife and a mom. And I, I had the gift of being able to stay home with our kids. And then I, I felt guilty because I didn't love it as much as I thought I would. Now, I mean, part of it was being diagnosed with postpartum depression and anxiety, but I also don't know how much of this, you know, played into that diagnosis as well. Um, you know, mental health is not a standalone thing. So many things go into that. And I think not knowing who I was and what I needed and what really got me motivated, even just in the last year, it caused me to reject a lot of these gifts that God had given me. So my encouragement here is, you know, if you're hiding wherever you're at, even if you're hiding working or hiding at home or hiding in a part-time or whatever that looks like, the Lord doesn't want us to hide. The Lord wants us to live into those natural gifts that he has given us. And yes, there's timing. Yes, there's seasons. I completely agree with that. But it's really, really important that we don't hide because the world needs all of us to be living our best and our full highest selves, like working toward beatitude that we won't get to here, but more and more with the grace of God. And honestly, what's interesting is I thought I would not be as good of a mom if I was dividing my time between these other endeavors and motherhood. But what I have found in the last year is actually once I could let go of this ideal that I had in my head is that I'm actually like a 
much, much, much better mom <laughs> be having this outlet because God created me that way. And it gives me so much energy. It gives me so much joy that when this, you know, when my day at home is over and I'm with my kids, I'm just so much freer to be able to like put my phone down and enter into life with them to be a lot more patient and a lot more calm and just kind of accept them for who they are because I'm learning to accept myself for who I am and to not hide from that. So, um, yeah. So I think that's been, again, one of the beautiful things about using the journal for me is really diving into those feelings that I'm having in the moments. And then that revealing how I actually, I am hiding from that. Like I, I'm, you know, for instance, I'm really high in communication. So if my husband and I are having a hard time communicating, I need to own up to the fact that I'm probably not, I'm probably just using it as an excuse to be like, well, he doesn't know how to communicate. So, which he does, but I, I have the power to help him learn how to communicate and to be the one that like calls that out in our relationship. And so it's just giving me a lot of peace and a lot of permission to be who God has created me to be. And then the seventh and last thing that I have learned this year, I'm going to wrap it up is that high expectations do not do anything good for me. I, don't, I would really argue they don't do, do anything good for anybody. If you really look at where those thoughts go, uh, however, what I have learned is when I have these high expectations, all it does is lead to pressure, pressure. I have this ideal image of myself and I'm like, well, if I'm not there, then I'm not happy. Well, then I'm never happy because like I'm constantly dreaming of the next me, the, the new me that can do this, this, or this, not new, but, um, I can't do any of that. First of all, I can't do any of that without God. We talked about that already. And second of all, um, what the high expectations generally lead to is if I don't reach that mark, then I have shame and I have, it's a cycle. It, it goes into where, you know, I have this shame cycle. I feel guilty with myself. And then I kind of like self-loathing of being like, well, you knew better than this. You should do better than this. And so then it just goes right back into like, I get a lot, I get a lot of anger. I get a lot, I get louder. I get much more harsh on my kids. And then I put those expectations on everybody else. I expect my husband to do X, Y, and Z. I expect my kids to do X, Y, and Z. And if they don't do it right, then I just can't trust them. And I have to just do it all myself. And it's like pride is all mixed in there. I mean, if you look at where that goes, it is nowhere good. <laughs> you know, if you keep those, those thoughts about having these high expectations and then even beginning, beginning to understand the importance of forgiving myself, um, if I've let myself down, which seems kind of, I don't know, it, it's its interesting that I've never seen it before this year, but that was another really big piece was being able to say, okay, you know, you yelled at your kids, like it happens and don't get into that shame cycle because if you do, guess what? You're going to keep yelling at your kids because you're yelling, not just because they're doing stuff, but because you're mad at yourself. At least that's me. Like I yell because I'm mad at myself for yelling at them. Well, that's like the most ridiculous thing ever. So <laughs> we have to learn how to stop our triggers and forgive ourselves, even in the moment, and just be like, okay, obviously, I'll get to confession as soon as I can get to confession. But right now, Janae, I forgive you. Like, I forgive you for messing up right there. And um, I had a beautiful, beautiful conversation with my 10 year old daughter the other day, because I was noticing the cycle in her. And part of it is because she's learned those behaviors from me, because I, I haven't had the knowledge and the awareness to pass that along to her. And I just loved that we were able to open up that can to just open the door and start talking about it because shame is one of those things. If we don't, if we don't talk about it, if we don't bring it into the light, the devil can just play with it more. But the second that God's light is on those thoughts, like you recognize where that's coming from. It's not God. Like 
he loves us exactly where we are. Like I was saying earlier, like God is a God of reality. He sees us where we are, not where we wish we were, not the ideal us, but like ourselves as sinner. And he loves us in that completely. Like we don't have to earn or do anything to earn that. So I would just encourage each of you, if you're struggling with these things, like, you know, bring it to the Lord, bring it to the journal. If you've got the journal, I know I talk about it. I'm going to talk about it every time just because I, I, it is one of my favorite tools. It is just a tool, but it is really one of my favorite tools as far as really, um, I love to see it as the image of a, a garden almost where I start out with this little little plot of land in a garden when I sit down for my prayer time and it's got like weeds and thorns and rocks and all this stuff. And the process, how they walk you through these parts of the journal where you acknowledge your wins from the day before and you, and you're thankful for things. And then you like envision your goal with God and all of that. And then you take all the weeds and the rocks and the thorns and you look at all that, which is like all your negative thoughts, all these thoughts that you have about this or that and why you can't do these things and limiting beliefs and whatever and you clear that out of the way. And so then you're able to bring scripture in. I like to bring scripture in before exercise seven. And it's it's like bringing scripture into that fertile soil that's ready to receive the word of God in a way that just I just couldn't get to before because I didn't allow myself to like really clear that garden and, and prepare myself for God's word. And so, yeah, so that's been one of my biggest biggest helps and tools this year that I encourage you to use because it's free. You can go download the free journal pages. I've got the link in my, um, I'll have the link in the show notes. I have the link in my Instagram bio. Um, and they even have videos to kind of walk you through those. You can always DM me, ask me questions. You can find me. I'll, I'd be happy to help you learn how to use it. It's been such a joy and I look forward to, to starting out. It's not a new season, but just this new year and journeying with y'all as we, you know, really try to break through the barriers to become who God is asking us to be, even if it means that we have to do some work, you know, like at some point we have to be ready to say, okay, Lord, like I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go where it's hard. I'm going to go where it's going to hurt some, but I know that ultimately you're going to be with me. You're going to help me till the soil. You're going to give me the graces that you want me to have so that I can show up better to myself so I can love myself more, so that I can be some more self-compassionate. But all of that is going to mean that we can be more compassionate for our husband, for our children. We can be motivated in a way that's not because we hate ourselves, but because we love the Lord and what he has done for us. And we love, we want to honor our bodies. We want to honor our marriages and we want to honor our children and, and really give them, free, free ourselves from these battles that we're fighting so that we're not giving them the battle that we need to be fighting, you know, um, just watching how I've been with my older two. And I think it's, it's beautiful to see how they're kind of seeing this different mom kind of come out, not to say that I'm perfect, but it's almost like we can discuss that so much more and they need to see that I'm not perfect because if they thought they had a perfect mom, I mean, that would set them up for like disaster really, because then they would think that they have to be perfect. And that's just so far from the truth, you know, I want my kids to know who they are in God's eyes, who God created them to be and to be able to live into that without having to carry my baggage too. And I think if you're listening to this, you probably, I mean, let me know, let me know in the show, in the comments, like, do you, does that resonate with you? You know, do you also have high expectations of yourself? Are you 
shaming yourself and that's really coming out in a negative way with your family. Are you, um, do you have dreams, but you're hiding because you don't believe that they're good or they're worth following or that you're worth, you know, you're maybe going to sacrifice something in your motherhood if you pursue those dreams. So I just really encourage you to think about those things, bring them to the journal, DM me, let me know what you're thinking. Uh, I would love to hear from you. As always, you can find me. I am doing one-on-one coaching. I still have some spots open if you're interested in that. I've got a link in the show notes that you can find. You can book a discovery call, totally no strings attached. I would love to help you see if working with me would be something that would be helpful for you where you are in your life right now, if you're ready to move to that next step. And until then, check out some of the older podcast episodes if you're looking for more content. Um, You can always find me on Instagram. You can email me from my website. And I, I just have so much fun being with you guys. So go out there, be a light for the world. Let God use you in the way that he's asking you to be to be a light for him. So God bless you. And I look forward to seeing you next week.